Welcome to the Catholic Youth Podcast, a podcast that will encourage and inspire you in engaging with young people in Catholic youth ministry. I'm Juliana, and today I'm sitting down with a special guest, Sabrina Stevens. Sabrina is a proud Kuku Yolanji and Yidinji woman, born and raised in Cairns, far north Queensland. She is a National Youth Coordinator of Caritas Australia and the Youth Counselor with National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Catholic Council, NATSIC. So Sabrina, thanks so much for coming down to chat with me today. How are you going? Good, thank you. Yeah, it's really good to see you. So for those who don't know you, could you just tell us a bit like who you are and what do you do? Uh, so, yes, I'm a proud Cookie Allenji and Yidinji woman from Cairns in far north Queensland, currently working and residing on the lands of the Turrbal and Yuggera people in Brisbane. And I have worked at Caritas for almost three years now as the youth coordinator. Um, and on top of that, I have sat on the NATSIC Council as the youth counsellor since 2015. That's amazing. Could you tell us a little bit more about NATSIC? So NATSIC is the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Catholic Council. They are the peak advisory body to the Australian Catholic bishops uh, on issues that impact the lives of Indigenous Catholics. So that can involve anything from inclusion within the church, enculturation, uh, political issues that we might be facing in our country and the ways that this is impacting our people within the church. That's really amazing to know. How did you get involved with NATSIC? Uh, I first attended a NATSIC event in 2009 in Brisbane. Um, Every three years we have an assembly where we bring together Indigenous Catholics from all across the country. So I first attended that in 2009. um, And it was at that event where I met so many other young Indigenous people who were on fire in their faith, but also with their culture. And there was something about them that just ignited this fire in my belly. And I thought, I need to have what they have right now. And it came at a time in my life when I really needed to be in a space like that around people who are positive and sharing their faith and culture and helping me to see how to merge those two things together. Um, So that was the first event that I'd I'd ever been to with NATSIG. And then fast forward a couple of years, I was given an opportunity to travel to World Youth Day in Madrid in 2011. And a part of receiving that opportunity was to come back to the next NATSIC event, which was in Melbourne in 2012, and share about the pilgrimage that we'd been on together. Yeah. And it was at that event when I got voted in as the youth proxy for NATSIC. And I held that position up until March 2015 when the main person resigned. And NATSIC reached out to me and said, look, um, this person has resigned. Like, what do you want to do? And I initially said, oh, well, if that's it, like, no worries, I'll just move on with life. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, no, we're, we're actually offering you the position of the main youth person. Wow. So we hosted an event in 2015 in Darwin. Um, that was the first time I'd been able to step up into that main youth role. When it was actually such an incredible event. And I love being able to be in that space and help to facilitate for other young Indigenous Catholics on their journey Um, The same thing that I'd felt when I initially went to that event in 2009. Mm. So I guess the background of NATSIC is that um, in 1989, the very first Aboriginal Islander Catholic Council gathering was hosted in Cairns um, by the Cairns Diocese. And that was following the visit to Alice Springs from St. John Paul II. 
and his address to the people where he stated that the church in Australia will not fully be the church that Jesus wants her to be until our contribution has been joyfully received. Mm. So that happened in 86. And then in 89, they had the Aboriginal Islander Catholic gathering in Cairns, um, which was actually set up and supported by my grandmother's sister and her husband at the time. Following that, the Australian Catholic bishops endorsed NATSIC as a, as a body um, in 1991. And so for me to still be involved at the level that I'm involved with now, two generations after all of that started in my home diocese, I feel like it's a journey that I'm meant to be on and I try to help facilitate a space for other young Indigenous people who are on their journey of exploring faith and culture and learning how those two can overlap and come together in quite a harmonious way. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of the, the history of NATSIC and I guess some of the reasons why I'm still involved at this level because yeah. I really love facilitating that space. And I guess the greatest reward for me coming out of those spaces is to see young people growing in confidence and feeling empowered with their own decision-making, um, but also along their own faith journey. Yeah. So I think that's the most rewarding thing of me being involved in, in that space and yeah. I can see a huge beautiful smile on your face as you say that as well I can really feel sort of the joy that you have in being in this space and facilitating that and really living an example I think for other young people in how to navigate faith and culture and really come to life in that you spoke a little bit about sort of the background and the generations before that sort of put one step and then the next step and the next step to allow this to happen. Could you tell me maybe about an elder from your community or someone special who's impacted your faith journey, someone who has guided you and brought you along on this journey? I don't think I can pinpoint one person Mm. that has had such an impact, but I think it's more the community of people that you tend to meet along your journey. Uh, To be raised in a space within the Catholic church where cultural mass is a regular thing, you're singing hymns in language and you're allowed to celebrate the gifts that you bring from a cultural perspective in order to give honour to God. And so I think that that's something really beautiful um, within Australia particularly because we have so many gifts here and so much natural beauty that it it seems such a shame to not be able to incorporate that in giving glory back to God. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, like this nature and everything is God's gift and how you live it out and incorporate it like it's really important to to navigate that and have that come together so in um you were saying about the masses that you grew up in that had hymns and language and things were there other elements um where you felt that cross-section of faith and culture yeah especially around like musical instruments so instruments were always used in the masses um another big thing was the bush masses that we used to have Mm -hmm. so they would be down on a on a dry creek bed out on country and you're just you're just out there in the beauty of it all, experiencing the gift of creation with one another while you break bread. And yeah. I think that that's something that just absolutely nourishes your soul and your faith in a way that you can't really get in other ways. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's something that's been pivotal in that space for me. Um, but there's definitely been a, a, a big collection of elders and family around me, especially my mom, mm-hmm. who's who's been supportive of me on that journey. Um, my brother has come into that space as well and has didgeridoo tracks available online that he's created How as a way awesome. of expressing his faith through yeah. traditional music. But Natsik have been a big part of my journey as well 
because they've supported me in a way that's allowed me to grow into the person that I am today. And it's just, I think I'm just very grateful for where I am and the spaces that I, I exist within. Yeah, absolutely. And I can totally feel that through conversing with you and also your great desire to give back and sort of pave the road for other young people. So um, being in these spaces, could you maybe tell me about a moment where you felt really affirmed, you know, being in your role where you felt like, yes, this is why I do what I do? I remember the very first Australian Catholic Youth Festival in Melbourne. Um, there's a young man who comes to mind <laughs> and he will he will know who he is. But I remember at the start of the trip, I said to him, why are you here? Like, what do you want to get out of this? And he's like, I'm only here because it's my mum that pushed me to come along. Um, and, I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, cool. But while you're here, like you're obviously giving your time. Yeah. So I think the only thing I would encourage you is to make the most of it while you're here. Mm. And to see him by day three when Father Rob Galea was on stage running up to go dance in the mosh pit um, and just seeing his transformation and the yeah. confidence and the growth that happened for him. Um, he was only 14 at the time and he's 27 now and he's still very much a part of my life and a part of the Natsik story. Yeah. And so that is something that comes to mind often for me is the impact that I have been able to be in a have been a part of for so many young people across Australia. Yeah. Um, and to have been involved for this long is I feel like the auntie of everyone, you yeah. know, who's, who's watching all the young people grow up. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Like I'm, yeah. I'm proud of each of the young people that I've ever interacted with to see where they are on their journey, you know, a month later, two years later, six years later. Um, and so it's, it's probably the most rewarding thing, I guess. And that's something that really stands out for me yeah is is yeah the space that I get to share with those people and you're you're leaving a mark in their life in a way that I could have never imagined sure yeah planting those little seeds along the way and then seeing their trajectory in life and and staying in touch and and exactly. really like you said really important to have these spaces like Natsik where um people can engage and learn and, and navigate and share their faith journey have there been many challenges along the way as well there have been quite a few challenges. Um, I think one of the main ones is kind of around the idea of inclusion, perhaps. Yeah. I guess it's challenging to know if the work we are doing in Natsik is leaving a positive impact. Um, and I have seen over my time with Natsik that the pace is quickening, you know, like yeah. the, the way that people are reaching out to Natsik or engaging with Natsik um, has changed from when I first started with Natsik. Mm. And so I, I guess that that is a positive thing, but also like the work that we do, we're all volunteer. We yeah. have one paid employee. So it's kind of like, how do we continue to do the good work that we're doing when we're a council of people and you you know, supporting life, those you in com yeah. communities? Um, so that's probably a big challenge. And, you know, it's, it's like this heartfelt desire to constantly feed into this space. Um, and sometimes people don't realize how much you're doing on top of that in your own life, mm -hmm. in your own professional life as well. Um, and being able to know when you need to be off the clock and sure. unavailable to people yeah. is, is quite challenging. Um, but like we, we are in national roles and so we kind of understand that that comes with the territory. Um, but that's probably a challenging thing. But also I think another challenge is knowing how much we can give to a space. Yeah. Um, and so especially, 
you know, when politics impact the lives of of our Indigenous Australians, we have Indigenous Catholics within that space who are impacted by those changes as well. And so leading into the referendum especially, um, you know, NATSIC are the peak advisory body to the Australian Catholic bishops. So we have to take a stance and we have to put ourselves in a position to be able to help other Indigenous Catholics feel empowered when the time comes to vote. Um, and like we're not, we don't want to tell people how to vote. We just want people to feel informed when the time comes, so that they can go to the polls and make an empowered decision for themselves. Um, so that's probably another challenge: is that the impact of what's happening around us sure, um, sure. also impacts our Indigenous Catholics. Yes. And seeing it in that lens as well and through the, the vision of faith, like what's ever happening outside the church as well as within the church and then within community, it all intersects, right? So navigating all of that. But I'm so enlivened by your voice of hope and the love you have and everything you do. And that's hard, right? Because there's always going to be more. And I feel like that's the challenge um, in these spaces that we go in with big love and in our hearts and, you know, wanting to, to do good and bring others along on the journey. But there's always going to be more. So at some point you've got to switch off at the end of the day yeah. and and rest and recuperate. And, and things are constantly evolving. Yeah. Like you might build this space and you're like, wow, that's really good. And then you know, another avenue or another space might pick up on what you're doing and go, oh, hey, let's collaborate together. Yeah. So it's just constantly evolving into all of these different areas, um, which is a beautiful thing, but it's kind of sometimes draining to yes. be constantly like, okay, let's collaborate on this or let's collaborate on that. And then it becomes too much. So you really have to pick and choose what spaces you want to collaborate in. Um, so yeah, that's probably the other challenging thing is it can be draining, but knowing which projects to be involved with as well absolutely and probably knowing when when to put out like you know you're lighting lots of little fires and they're beautiful but it's not sustainable to have all of them on the go at the same time um so yeah i can imagine yeah constantly being alert and in terms of opening up new spaces and going with the times you're also involved with you know sort of spaces online how has that been um being part of natsic and being the youth counselor as well assuming you're working across lots of generations and things how has that been working in this space um, when we have things that we can do online so natsic recently created the one journey together website uh, and we created that for um a, the purpose of being able to help direct people to an area where they could find out more information about the referendum, about the question, and hear the concerns and, I guess, hopes of people within our communities. Um, So that's something that we've been working on in that space of having an online presence. Um, We do have our Natsik Facebook page, um, but I guess, again, that's the thing that can take a back seat when you're involved with, Mm. with other areas. Uh, so the One Journey Together website was collaboratively created between Caritas Australia, NatSeq and Catholic Social Services Victoria. Um, and so we just really wanted to create a place where people can go, find out more information, feel more informed, hear beliefs or values or concerns or hopes from people within our community um, around the referendum in the lead up to this time. And so that was a lot of work that got put into that, but it was a beautiful space to be working in with those groups collaboratively. So what do you wish that more people um, in society in the church knew about the Indigenous gifts that we have um, within the Catholic Church, especially the gifts that our young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander brothers and sisters bring? 
I think in Australia, we have this beautiful opportunity to use the natural gifts that we have around us to help give glory to God by utilising them within the Mass. And for example, I mean cultural gifts like being able to play didgeridoo music mm. at the Mass because that is an instrument that is sacred to us. Yeah. Um, or using clapsticks in a Mass or being able to use language to express that glory for God. Yeah. Um, but also other things like we have when we have our water blessings, there's, there are a lot of parallels, to be honest, between yeah. ritual within the church and ritual within our culture. So things like a water blessing, um, that's a big thing for us. Like we do it with gum leaves and with a coolamon. And we have that same ritual within the Catholic church. That's so interesting. Could you tell me more about the water blessing? Um, so I guess water, even within the church, represents yeah. like cleansing and can represent healing. Um, so... We do that within our culture already. Yeah. Um, and it's about bringing, blessing that space and making it a good space so that everyone can come into it and feel comfortable. Um, so that's that's one thing that we do. Another thing is a smoking ceremony. And it's quite similar in the Catholic Church to when the priests or the bishop will get up and use the yeah. incense at the altar. And the I guess the messaging and the meaning behind it is exactly the same between our smoking ceremony and what they're doing yeah. in the church. And so working within the space with Natsik, uh, it has become quite easy for me to see some parallels. And so I guess, you know, it's a great opportunity for our people to be able to feel like they're included in an authentic way, but also to have people receive that gift as yes. well. Um, and it's just kind of, I guess, essentially saying, yeah, the church does this and you call it that, but we do this and we call it that. Mm. And the meaning behind it, ultimately is the same so I think that that's a beautiful thing that I get to experience you know quite frequently yeah and yeah and important for us as like non-aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to know this and to to celebrate that and see that this is actually such a beautiful gift that we can benefit from and grow and um, be part of our faith journeys as well so that's really heartening for me I'd love to be part of that and you gave some really great tips and sort of practical things that we can look into. Do you have any other advice or first steps that people could possibly take when wanting to incorporate stories and aspects of Indigenous spirituality? I think one big thing to remember is like an acknowledgement of country. Yeah. Even when I travel, I still have to introduce myself to country and acknowledge country because I'm on lands that aren't traditionally my own. And so it's just that's something important um and it's it's like a cultural obligation so that country knows who you are yeah and you're then obligated to look after country and country will look after you yeah. um and I, I guess there's nothing to fear to be honest when it comes to us being able to share our cultural gifts within the church um and I have heard someone say once that if anything it makes our church in Australia that much more Australian yeah um another point I think to remember is that we, we are still living on the lands of our people. We're still very connected to country. We're still very much in a space where our culture is very important to us. Yeah. And so if we were to deny that, then we just don't sit right now in our hearts. Sure. Like, so that's something that we want to be able to use to bring into those spaces and sort of say like, yep, this is me being authentically myself mm. as an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person, this is the gifts culturally that I bring and this is the way that I want to use my cultural gifts to give glory to God. Yeah. And so I think that that's probably a big thing to remember. 
yeah. and to not be afraid of it and to yeah, yeah. I think that's really important yeah because because two-way learning is a big thing as yeah. well um so if you if people are wanting to engage in these spaces then you also need to be ready to listen and receive yeah um, and sometimes people won't give you the answers straight away. They they would like you to come into those spaces and be a, a follower or be a student first because if you come into a space and you're like, what is this and what is that, mm. it's like you're not there to learn. You're there to... Peek at it, I yeah, guess. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's just it's the exchange of relationship as well. Like mm. I will sit and listen to what someone else has to say if you'll listen and sit with what I have to say Your story. and yeah. to be able to share those spaces with people is an important thing. Um, so yeah, I guess. So to encourage people to come in with open hearts. Yes. Yeah. With delightful curiosity and mm. that maybe we won't have all the understanding or knowledge in just one go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's about sort of living, living that experience out. Yeah. yeah. And those experiences are like lifelong experiences. So you, yeah. you never go to an event and are like, I know everything now. It's kind of like you might be introduced to something, one thing at a time. Yeah. So it's this journey of life where you're only getting to know one thing at a time because I'm sure if you learned it all at one time, what good is that going to do yeah. for you? You know, you need to be able to sit in that transition and then grow from that before the next thing will come to you and you sit in that again and grow from that transition. So I think... It's like experience on top of experience. Yeah, yeah. correct. And then it helps to deepen your faith on a level uh, where you're like, okay, everything is in God's timing. Like I don't need to be rushing to know everything. Yeah. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be, and it will come at a time when it's meant to come. Yeah. So I think that, that having some patience and coming with an open heart and an open mind um, and being humble about it in that space is, is very important. Yeah. I love that way of thinking about it because it's a great thing. We're talking a lot more about inclusion and healing. It's super important. But that does take time. You know, part of me just wants to rush ahead to a point where, you know, we're feeling like we're more inclusive and content in that space. But it's the journey itself, right? Mm -hmm. And there's more experiences and more conversations to be had. There's not one um, finish line where everything's sort of A-OK, 100%. So I love your your input on that. And that's really encouraging for me to hear too. I think that... You know, it's about deep listening and it's yeah. about sitting in those moments with people uh, because eventually that's the reciprocity of relationship, right? Yeah. Like being able to feel vulnerable with a person, for them to open up and share with you about what they're going through or things that are impacting them or their ways of being. Yeah. And you can only grow from those experiences. So I think that that's probably like maybe a word of advice that I would put out there. Um, to say just just be in the moment and be vulnerable with somebody um, but also take the time to enter a space with a person yeah because then they'll open up and they'll share with you you know yeah we can't just hit it all in in Mm. one quick go yeah and do you have like you know living in Adelaide in a very sort of metro area a lot of people may not have many Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people that they interact with on a regular basis what can someone do if um, they don't have anyone in their circles but they, they really want to grow and know more in about this space? Uh, well, the NATSIC office is based here in Adelaide in Stepney. Um, so Very important to know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and we have state and territory reps 
on Nutseek all over the country. So if you were to reach out to Nutseek, for example, um, we can put you in contact with people who are locally based in your state or in your diocese. Uh, so that would be the first thing. And then from there, we also have Aboriginal Catholic ministries or Aboriginal and Islander Catholic councils um, on a diocesan level. So we can put you in contact with those people and then they can help you on a local level um, because we really try to encourage that community development and those grassroots levels for relationship building. And NATSIC is just a representative body, to be honest. So, yeah, we, we work on three levels. We've got um, the national level, which is the council. We've got a state level, which is um, you have different groups in different states. And then you have like a local level that we try to work within. That's so important for people to know and that like, you can reach out to them and start that journey, start that process. Yeah. Just before I let you go, Sabrina, I've just got one final question. So I'm wondering, in your future when you're probably still doing a million things and, and in this space, but uh, maybe a more older, mature, seasoned person, what do you hope to see as the landscape for young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in our church in the future? I would love for young people to know that there is a space for them within the Catholic yeah. Church. Um, you know, considering our colonial history, there is a lot of hurt and trauma that has happened, yeah. you know, in older generations. And I think that creates a little bit of mistrust um, for authoritative figures and whatnot. But I think it's important to remember that, you know, like our faith comes first. And if we can create a space where young people don't have to question whether they need to be Aboriginal or whether they need to have a faith background yeah. or, or, you know, Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander. But if they can say, yeah, I'm Aboriginal, I'm Islander, Torres Strait Islander, and I know that I'm a belong in a space yeah. uh, within the Catholic church where I can express my faith, yeah. that would be probably the most beautiful thing. Um, I would really love to see a lot of young people engaging with their faith through creative expression. So whether yeah. that be art, whether it be music, um, like my brother playing the didgeridoo, yeah. for example. And even when he created those tracks, I sent him the readings for that Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, please play whatever you feel drawn to yeah. when you read these readings. And so he created these six tracks that are online. And so I would love to see a whole repertoire of young people creating things like that yeah. that are expressing their faith through their cultural gifts of art. So I think that that's, that would be really beautiful. That is beautiful. That would be such a rich gift to have. And, yeah, thank you for all your work and your love in creating these spaces and making this happen and thanks for coming to have a chat with me today that's okay it's no worries it's so good to see you thank it's you thank you for listening to the catholic youth podcast make sure to connect with us on facebook and instagram at cath youth adelaide to stay up to date with all the latest information resources and events until next time see you <laughs>